Hello, it's David here. The Leader Coronavirus Daily brings you news, analysis, special features and interviews every day at 4pm. Please do subscribe to make sure you don't miss out and give us a rating too. That helps us a lot to grow the show. Now, from the Evening Standard in London, this is the Leader Coronavirus Daily. Hi, I'm David Marsland. An antibody test that's nearly 100% accurate being rushed out to health workers. Is this really a game changer? Simply having, you know, a plus result on an antibody test might not equal being immune next time you meet it. Professor Danny Altman from the British Society for Immunology on the hopes and limits of the test. Also, putting up tents on the school grounds or using the residential streets next to schools or even parks nearby schools. So you would be able to open the sides and let fresh air in. Our education editor Anna Davis on why schools want to reopen and the innovations some are considering to keep classes safe. Who wouldn't want to go to school in a circus big top? Taken from the Evening Standard's editorial column, this is the Leader Coronavirus Daily. For the whole thing, pick up the newspaper or head to standard.co.uk slash comment. In a moment, everything you need to know about antibody testing. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby Podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. The Russian Federation, the United Kingdom and Spain remain among the top 10 countries around the world reporting the most cases in the past 24 hours. The World Health Organization's Dr Hans Kluger sounded almost angry giving an update on the continuing spread of coronavirus and the complacency from some in the public he says creates a playground for COVID-19. Reports of distrust in authorities and conspiracy thinking are fueling movements against social and physical distancing. Mistrust, resistance to measures, a disregard for the behavioural changes we have all made to limit COVID-19 will send us down the road no one of us want to take. His frustration is clear, but then again, so is the public's at what some perceive to be a slow, sometimes confusing response from authorities. Everyone's waiting for a turning point, and in the UK, one may have arrived. An antibody test that's nearly 100% accurate, and which our editorial column says could make the difference the country's looking for. 
No scientists have ever worked under such public pressure. Hour by hour, progress and setbacks in the fight against coronavirus are ripped apart on social media. When the world is waiting for tests, treatments, cures and preventive vaccines, the pressure on medical researchers to shortcut essential trials and checks is immense. That makes genuine breakthroughs all the more important. One of them seems to have come. Public Health England has approved an antibody test that should help to determine how many people have caught and recovered from coronavirus. What it will not show is what kind of immunity, if any, those antibodies give people. The potential is obvious though, if you know you have already had coronavirus and are much less likely to catch it again, if at all, then you might not need to stick to lockdown and social distancing. The test won't be available to the public for a while, but it is being sent to health workers. And I'm joined now over Zoom by Professor Danny Altman from the British Society for Immunology. Professor Altman, the government's calling this a game changer. Is it? I think it's a game changer rather than the game changer. So it's assumed enormous, perhaps disproportionate prominence because it's taken so long to get on board with so many false starts. I do think, however, that it is important because it's the only way we've really got of being sure how far this virus has spread um, and you know, how many people in the country have seen it. And that's a big answer. What is an antibody test? How do they actually work? What do they discover? What do they not discover? So all the time in your body, every, every day, you're meeting stuff from the outside world, bacteria that you breathe down your nose, viruses that people sneeze over you, you name it. And if you're not going to be overrun by that, your immune system, your, your white blood cells need to recognize it. And when I say recognize it, what do I mean by that? One of the key things that I mean is that your white blood cells need to make an antibody to it. So that antibody is a chemical, if you like, that's measurable in your blood that says that you've met, you've met that virus or you've met that bacteria or, or whatever it is. Most antibodies, as we know from vaccines, last for a variable period, certainly a number of years. So they're a kind of um, footprint, if you like, of you know, where you've been and what you've seen and what you've made an immune response to. So it can show if you've had COVID-19. But if somebody has had the infection, are they then immune from it? Now, I think it's a really key point, And again, a point of, of quite a lot of grey area confusion. So simply having, you know, a plus result on an antibody test might not equal being immune next time you meet it. Perhaps you need a certain amount of antibody. Perhaps it's not antibodies you need at all. Perhaps it's some other aspect of your immune response. So it doesn't equal being protected. It equals having seen it. So when we talk about things like health passports that will show that you're healthy enough to go back to work, is that a practical thing at all? Well, I think, I think it's an interesting proposal but really, really difficult in so many ways. So I, th I think the way that, that, that I think about this, if with my professor's hat on, I was sitting on a grant panel and somebody wanted a load of money to develop antibody passports as an idea, I probably wouldn't fund them because there's too many things about the idea that don't work and might not play out. Does antibody equal protection? Does antibody this year equal antibody next year? If it doesn't equal antibody next year, because it might wane very fast, do I need to issue these passports every six months? If I issue them to somebody and they're not carefully handled, 
and it means that person can't get health insurance or can't get more a mortgage or can't get a job am i responsible for that you know it raises so many questions and it also raises more confusion as you were talking about earlier i think what people want is to be told yes you can go back to work or or no you can't can we ever be in a position to guarantee yes this person can go back to work without spreading covid19 I, I, I just think that it's very hard to know. And for my part, I feel like our kind of confidence to go back into a kind of crowded pub in the West End will need to kind of creep back with the fullness of time. As we think, well, we've seen a lot of laboratory experiments that say if you've got this much antibody on board or this many white blood cells on board against the virus, on average, you'll be safe. And at the same time as knowing that actually your statistical chance of being shoulder to shoulder with, with somebody in that pub who has the virus has gone down to you know one in five thousand or whatever it is so if in my mind i could put together favorable odds i'd go back into that pub but that'll, that'll come in the fullness of time very slowly yeah very slowly i think that might be the issue there realistically how long before a vaccine appears i presume are we going to have to live with having to take a gamble about going into the back to the pub. No, I, I, you know, I, I think it'll be sort of piecemeal increments, won't it? Because um, as PCR testing ramps up, we'll have a better and better idea how many cases there are lurking out there in the community and how likely the chances are, you know, the person next to you in the pub has it. Meanwhile, I think it is realistic that we'll have a bit more confidence in the antivirals that are available in our hospitals so that it won't feel like this kind of Russian roulette gamble if you got it. You'll think, well, you know, if I go to hospital, there's a good chance they might be able to treat me. We'll get better answers from the antibody testing. We won't know whether the antibody is definitely protective, but we'll know whether 5, 10 or 25% of our population have some kind of immunity. And I think somehow putting all those facts together in the way that we assess risk every day of our lives you know, when you choose you know, whether to cross the road in, in the path of a bus or not, we'll be able to kind of put together those odds and work out how we feel about life. Six months from now, we'll feel better than now. And 12 months from now, we'll feel better than that. And, and finally, just as a scientist, are you feeling the pressure from the public just now, this unique situation where you're having to address all of these different issues under what can't be optimum working conditions for laboratories all over the world? I, th I think it is pressure and you know and I think you know some of my colleagues the people for example in various countries who are at the front end of vaccine production and vaccine testing and optimization and development have enormous pressure on them because um, you know normally a vaccine answer would evolve in increments over you know years and decades and that's been foreshortened to, um, to four or five months and you know the pressure is absolutely enormous. Um, so, so I certainly feel for them. Um, for for the rest of us, I kind of feel like it's you know it's 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 what we do and what we're here for, and what we get excited by. It's um, you know it's like you know, asking the bus drivers to drive the buses. You know the the, the answer is um, you know people feel that's what they were trained to do and they get on with it. Next. They're worried about this gap opening up um, and they want to get them back in the classroom um, as soon as possible. They are also concerned about it being safe. Evening Standards Education Editor Anna Davis. Do schools really want to reopen?
Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby Podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season, when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers, and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Some of us are going back to the office, some of us are holding out a little bit longer, and some of us may have to go back whether we want to or not, like teachers. The government wants classes running in June, unions don't. But countries like France have shown the way, with children returning, although to very different schools. You may have seen photos of young pupils sitting alone in chalk-drawn squares in the playground, unable to go near their friends. The Evening Standard's education editor, Anna Davis, has been looking into what could happen here. And Anna, could we start with the teachers themselves? Do they actually want to go back to work? I've spoken to a a number of teachers and head teachers who are all quite excited about going back. They're very aware of the problems um, of, of the children not being in the classrooms. And they're aware that there's a learning gap opening up between the haves and the have-nots. So the children who are at home doing a lot of home learning and have got parents who can sort of push them and have all the equipment at home. And then children who might not be doing very much. They're worried about this gap opening up um, and they want to get them back in the classroom as soon as possible. They are also concerned about it being safe. Uh, of course, but I think they are really quite um, excited about the prospect of getting back, yes. Yeah, I can imagine the safety issue would be a thing that comes up with a lot of parents as well. Yes, parents I've spoken to are in two minds about it, especially if you're working. It it would be great if your children could go back to school. Uh, Life could get back to some kind of normality. And of course, you could earn more money if you can't work because your children are at home. That's obviously a problem. But then... People are worried about the safety. There's some concerns about whether children can spread it, whether they're going to get ill. So, yeah, there's uh, there's a lot of confusion out there. So it's clearly going to be, have to be a lot of changes, at least just to reassure people that classrooms are safe. But I understand that some architects have gone back to school, effectively, I suppose, and, and proposed some different ideas for how to teach pupils in classes. Yes, there is an architect firm uh, in Hoxton, CLTH, who's come up with the idea of using all the old marquees and big tops that would be normally being used in the summer, say um, big tops for circuses, marquees at weddings and outdoor festivals, and reusing them to provide extra classroom space for London schools. And they've come up with a number of scenarios um, of you putting up tents on school grounds or using the residential streets next to schools, uh, closing them off and putting up tents there, or even parks nearby schools. So you would 
be able to open the sides and let fresh air in you'd be able to take the pressure off the main school buildings um, and it would be fun as well especially if you're in a big top going back to school after being at home for so many weeks it might provide a bit of fun so they're they're trying to spark a conversation about these ways that we can think a bit creatively about how to get children back in and safely that would be amazing wouldn't it to go back to school and your school's now a circus i think that would probably get some children quite into the idea wouldn't it i think it would i think they've been having quite a tough time and it's quite sad and some of them are quite lonely I think not seeing their friends um, especially those teenagers who should be taking their exams it's a bit of an anti-climax for them I think so yeah if you went back and there was a uh, big top and tents that kind of thing outdoor learning it might cheer people up a little bit as long as you know it's keeping them safe. And that's the Leader Coronavirus Daily. You can keep up with all the latest COVID-19 developments with the Evening Standard's live blog, which you'll find at standard.co.uk. And we also have morning briefings available at 7am through your smart speaker. Just ask for the news from the Evening Standard. This podcast is back tomorrow at 4pm.